0: What is going on, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of The Drop-In. If you checked out last week's edition, we had Brady Leavold on the show, and his internet connection got all jacked up. He's two hours north of Toronto, Canada, and... um And it just it just got messed up. So we are going to try again. He just messaged me about a half hour ago and he is going to be on a train going from Ottawa back home. And he is going to try to log in here in about 10 or 15 minutes. So hopefully hopefully we get a good connection because this story is incredible. His story is truly incredible. So, why I'm doing this 10 to 15 minute opening monologue, waiting for Brady to log in, um, check out Hockey, the number two heroine. It talks more about what he has been through over the last, I don't know, 15 years or so. And it is a movie. It is truly a movie. His life has just been filled with the most incredible ups and some of the worst downs i have ever read so hopefully his connection works up as soon as i see his face pop up on the screen i will bring him on the air and we'll get right back into it because you know we're just getting started the people who watch that first 15 minutes are like dude dude what happened and his internet connection just disappeared poof into thin air. So definitely stick with us today. It has been an incredible week on my end. I mean, uh, the nation has been, uh, I mean, on, on the edge of their seat for that debate, which was, I mean, almost unwatchable if you watched it. It was, I had it on while I was working out and I sort of zoned out after about the first 10 or 15 minutes. But the week has been phenomenal for me personally. Um, over the weekend, a crew of us got together, and uh, we are in southeastern Michigan right now. Uh, the studio, the NRM Studios, is about 20 minutes twenty minutes or so from Detroit proper, and, I mean, my house is 30 miles from the Ohio border. And a group of us got together. We went down uh, near Cleveland to skate a private bowl. This bowl was incredible, uh, just made for skateboarding, and, I mean, seven-and-a-half-foot deep about in the deep end, five foot in the shallow end. uh, The most incredible wood structure I have ever skated. It was perfect. The transitions were perfect. The wood was uh, laid in there perfect. Not an easy task to build a wooden pool out of wood. And the Fabricators Ramp Tech did an amazing job. An amazing job. Every person that skated that day was just like this. This structure is incredible. Our host, uh, Jim, and his wife were uh, awesome. We got done skating, they barbecued, they had a pool. They're like, you guys can take a dip before you drive back to Detroit. It was phenomenal. And the reason I wanted to bring that up is because last night, I went out to ride my skateboard for a little bit, and I ran into a friend, my friend Tony Simmons, um, just an all-around good human being. And normally I'm either skating, you know, uh, pools or big ramps or whatever, and and I went out to skate the street course, what you see on the uh, X Games. You know, the just a bunch of bank ramps, handrails, different things like that. And I just went around to cruise around there, do some ollies, and just have a good time, and Tony was there. And we started skating, and we're skating this one obstacle, and we're sort of pushing each other a little bit. And uh, I I says to him, I say, Tony, you know, uh, what was it, like 25 years ago we were doing this? You know, the mid-'90s, we were skating this little tiny skate park in Ferndale, Michigan, a giant metal box. Um, in the winter, it was pretty cold in there. And in the summer, it was just a sauna and we loved it. It was all we had. And I remember one specific day, it was uh, a weekend and him and I were the only two in the park and he was pushing me. Pushing me to do this certain trick, and it, it was just phenomenal. I mean, we're both just in shorts, and tennis shoes, sweating, just standing still, and we're still, we're, we're, we're pushing forward. And I brought that up, and I said, you know what? Can we take a picture? Let's take a picture. You know, I, I, I post uh, some of my skateboard stuff uh, up on social media. I said, let's take a picture, and so we took a picture, and it came out just. It was. It's a sweet picture. It's a. It's a very nice picture. And I posted it up, and it was so rad to see people from all over the country commenting because they had a part of that. They had a part of that, and uh, we got to experience it a little bit more last night. And, you know, you have to find your fountain of youth because some people commented and they said, you know, you guys look the same as you did 23 years ago. And... I'm like, you know, they're like, you found the fountain of youth. And for me, the fountain of youth was skateboarding. And it it was a huge compliment. But, you know, we've been doing this. Him and I, uh, you know, I've been skating 35 years. He's probably right around that same time frame. And we're still doing it because we love it. There's, there's not a championship to win. There's nothing but pure passion. And I think that's what keeps us young. So it's been a pretty cool week between heading down to Ohio, skating with Tony last night, now getting to be here with you guys on the air. And um, I was just told, and I can see on the screen, uh, Brady did log in. I know he's on a train. and uh, just I, Brady, I can't thank you enough, dude, for taking the time to log in, dude. How's the, how's the train, man? Oh, it's doing, I'm
1: doing good, man. The train ride is uh, so far so good. We just, uh, just got on here now. So, uh, you know, be five hours back to Ottawa. And uh, yeah, I'm happy to be here.
0: Cool, man. Well, last week we were just getting into it. I got I got some rad messages from people who watched the first fifteen minutes, and they were just fired up. So, um, you know, I I, I uh, we'll we'll recap a little bit because you know we talked about uh, your upbringing and your family dynamic, and you talked a little bit about uh, some abuse you experienced uh, early in life, and um, you know, as you uh started getting into the junior hockey the you know the Western Hockey League you sort of um uh, were, we're sabotaging yourself a little bit by going back home why don't we pick up right there because um you know you had some opportunities and and you kept going back home uh, can we start there
1: yeah for sure no problem uh, you know listen I um you know, I mentioned that I was abused at a young age, and that's something that I, you know, I never dealt with, and uh, something that I buried um, down uh, my entire life. It was like, I can't let anybody know that this happened to me. I can't, uh, you know, especially because it happened by, a, by an older man, right? And uh, just in the schoolyards, um, just having those those name calling, even not even in the right setting sometimes, but you just see how some of these kids were, their lives were destroyed. And based on things that weren't even true so you know i saw how these things were progressing in the schoolyard so i just shut down uh, and i carried that in and and luckily hockey was was the guiding force just like for you skateboarding was that was my passion and it allowed me uh to to you know kind of just progress through life and 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 stay focused on that and and it worked for a while but you know dealing with my mental health getting into my late teens 18 19 uh, i was really struggling and being away from home i was living in saskatchewan so for people that don't know that's it's about an 18-hour drive from my hometown it's two provinces or two states away better better say states but um, and uh, you know it i just i wasn't happy and i wanted I was having all these thoughts of suicide um, and i couldn't understand why and I just decided uh, one day out of the blue to pack up my bags and uh, drive back from Saskatchewan to Vancouver. And, you know, I I essentially walked away uh, my draft year in the NHL and um, would have had a very good chance of getting drafted. Uh, But I ended up going home and and things really fell apart, really fell apart. That's where uh, the drugs started to get introduced. Um, You know, typically the party drugs, uh, they were fun. I'm not going to sit here and lie and say that it wasn't fun. Um, sorry about the train in the background. Like, it was fun at first, right? And there's a reason why um, people go to, to substances. It's not because uh, it doesn't feel good at first. Um, I was trying to mask anything, and hockey just wasn't working anymore. Um, and I just I decided to go home. And that was probably one of the worst decisions that I ever made. Um, but luckily... Um, after just a few months of of going like this, literally like this, up and down, up and down, I, I was like, man, I got to get back on the ice. Like, I gotta, I gotta get back uh, with the guys, with the team, doing what I love. And uh, to me, the biggest thing, um, I was scared because I essentially quit my team, guys. Like, you have to understand that I walked away from my team seven games into the season. And the year before, I was the rookie of the year of that team. So, you know, I walked away from the team and I called my coach and I was like, I got to come back. And he was like, "Mm, I don't know. Um, But yeah, you can come back. You probably won't make the team, but you can come to training camp. So I went, I ended up making the team again, um, but didn't get any opportunity at all. Like zero opportunity. Um, I have to ask.
0: I have to ask, which team is this in Saskatchewan? What's the name of the Swift team? In- okay, in Swift Current, Swift, all right. S-
1: Swift, yeah, the Swift Current Broncos of the Western Hockey League. Um, very storied franchise. Um, and, you know, I was, like I said, the rookie of the year on the same trophy as Joe Sackick. Joe Sackick's on that trophy. Now I'm on that trophy. And I had every opportunity to succeed, but I just, my mental health was going insane, and I'd started to use these drugs. And at the time, I thought, you know, I was thinking that this was making me feel better, and you know, luckily the coach took me back. Um, but when I got back to Swift Current, it wasn't all roses. Like I said, I didn't, I didn't get all the opportunities that I was getting even as a rookie. You know, I had to work, and I put my head down, and I, I, I did. I.
0: I, I uh, looks I, like he froze up. Hopefully, we do, get it back yeah, here in a second.
1: I to do, and I.
0: We'll have it back in a second. There we go. All right, we got there you we back. Go. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So you okay, weren't get so you weren't getting 19, the opportunities so... coming back.
1: No, and then I got a girl pregnant.
0: What? To add uh, yeah. uh to add Choose. to what you were going through at that time, <laughs> trying to get your Are you yeah, ready? yeah trying to gain some face back. Yep. Go ahead. Are
1: you ready for this? I went home, and two months after that, another girl got pregnant. Oh, my. Yeah. Okay, and these were both my girlfriends at different times that it wasn't even like that. Like, it it makes me look bad, but it was like, those are the only two girls I was with all year, and they both ended up getting pregnant. And uh, it's very, listen, I talk about it a lot. I talk about it a lot in my podcast and things, and the decisions that I made surrounding that. I actually uh, made the decision to say that one of the kids wasn't mine and it was the worst decision of my entire life um and i ended up going back to swift current and there was so much drama involved you have to understand i was now 20 years old two girls pregnant trying to play hockey i had already quit the team two years before and here i am just running amok in this town now and so i ended up getting traded to the kelowna rockets Um, and getting such a great opportunity playing with Jamie Ben, who just played for the Stanley Cup Um, and you know just had such a tremendous year gee that you know I ended up getting a great opportunity with the Tampa Bay Lightning Um, but you know I went home after my best year of hockey ever um, started partying I, I got into I started getting into the drugs a lot just trying to mask all the things that happened to me as a kid I was trying to Mask the the pressures of being a, a new dad plus i was hating myself that i didn't step up and be a man to the one kid and uh it was it was just all having this effect on me so i went to tampa bay's camp and i played on the line with steve stamkos uh who just won the stanley cup with the tampa bay lightning just a couple nights ago and you know i was partying the night before playing with this guy it was his first time playing with tampa like i'm talking all night partying uh and the other guy playing on our line was Mitch Fadden, who is no longer with us. He's actually passed away. And like, we're talking professional hockey, um, you know, recreation, um, heavy binging on call. I was just a mess, um, misguided. And shortly after that, uh, I got injured. Uh, I blew out my knee. Uh, and hello, Oxycontin.
0: <laughs>
1: and. And that, that was a game changer. That just de- destroyed my life. Um, you know, I, I went from the brink of the NHL to severely, severely addicted to heroin uh, within two years. And about two years following that, I found myself homeless uh, on the streets of Vancouver. Uh, Hastings, it's called. And if anybody watching hasn't heard of Hastings, Google it as soon as you're off this interview, Google Hastings Street in Vancouver, and then take a look around. And you can picture me I was homeless down there for eight months, eight months. Insane
0: totally insane and i will wow. tell you i'm i i know exactly where you're talking about because in skateboarding one of the biggest professional events is called the slam city jam and that's in vancouver and there's a bowl that's famous in the skateboard world called the hastings bowl and i've been down there very similar to the tenderloin in san francisco if you're familiar with that the cast corridor in detroit it's some place you don't want to go to in the middle of the day, man. You don't want to be there in the middle of the day to be homeless there for eight months. Is uh, I don't I I mean I I don't even know what to say about that.
1: Well, listen, it was uh, it was an experience, right? And it's something like I grew up around there, and my dad used to take me down there as a kid. Like you know, if you don't go to school, if you don't do this, this is where you end up. And of course, it's not always true, but. I just never thought in a million years that I would end up down there. Um, I never thought I would be a heroin addict, let alone homeless on the, one of the worst streets in the entire world. Um, I, I was rescued because I ended up getting arrested. Um, I did two years in jail my first time, um, and then got out and nothing changed. Uh, I went straight back to my old life, but I moved to Ontario and Um, you know, it wasn't too long until I was behind bars again. And, you know, I got out. So I did another year. Uh, So now I'm 33. And I've done three years of of my life in jail. And, uh, you know, I got out in November of 2019. So not even a year ago. And, uh, you know, I fell back into the same stuff again, Uh, I was doing the exact same stuff. And it progressively got worse because you start to meet people while you're in these places, right? Like jail for anybody that doesn't know, jail is just, it's crime school is always what it is. It's, it's terrible it's, they don't reform you. Uh, they don't, uh, I don't know what it's like, but it's, uh, it's, it's just good. You know, and, and listen, I deserve to be there. I did my time just like anybody else that has to do it and uh, I got through it Um, but moving to Ontario I thought it was gonna save me and I never thought I was gonna end up back in jail but I did Uh, but I got out in November um, and I moved to Muskoka Ontario um, and started my life over and you know again uh, I got there and I was still doing all the old stuff Um, you know the selling and the using and all of it and uh, about a month in about a month or two after I got out of jail, I was like, this is this just isn't me, like the stuff I was doing, the people I was hanging out with by now. um, My life of a hockey player um, was long gone, was so far gone that uh, the way that I explain it to people is if you've seen the movie Total Recall, okay, uh, the movie Total Recall where the guy gets zapped into another life. well. That's the only way that I can explain it was being on Hastings, being in jail, um, being in all these crazy places, and then having to accept the fact that you're there because of the choices. I'm there because of the choices I made and and nobody else. And and nobody was coming to save me. Nobody. Um, Not when I was homeless and sure as shit, not when I was in jail. Um, There was nobody coming to save me.
0: now you um, had a you had an incident on hastings uh that involved a baseball bat um what uh, what the hell happened there well
1: crazy story so you
0: know as you can attest to you know um
1: what it's like down there um if you just drive down hastings right like people are walking, and it's a busy road, like, there's people, like, zombie-like in the middle of the road, there's thousands of homeless people, like, thousands of addicted homeless people all in one area, and it's just insane, and there's this guy, I guess, and she was all, I think he was high on crystal meth or something like that, and I was literally, it was 2.30 in the afternoon, and I was sitting there, laying there with my ex-girlfriend, like, napping, pretty much, (laughs) and all of a sudden, it's like, crack, crack, crack. Like, and, my, and my head's ringing. I'm like, whoa. And I open my eyes. And I just remember blood coming down my face. And I look. And my ex-girlfriend's already on her feet. She's got blood coming down her face. Because she got hit too. So I'm like, dust myself off. I got blood coming down my face. I had like a huge gash in my head, right? And uh, she's like, get him. So I ended up getting up. True story. In front of everybody. I ended up beating this guy to a pulp, pretty much blood coming all over him. Another guy came into, and it was just a crazy story. And the cops, the cops ended up coming and, and they wanted to charge that guy with attempted murder. And I wouldn't, I just, I wouldn't even say who it was. I just, not me. It's not like I was going to go deal with it on my own or anything like that, but just my mentality back then. Um, and still to this day, sorry to say, um, I just don't, I just don't roll that way. Um, and, uh, I just I didn't take it to the cops, and uh, the guy is the guy probably isn't even alive anymore. To be honest, the way that oh, I'm getting told to put my mask on. That's (laughs) the way they're that's the way they're doing things. Um, You know, um, it's it's uh, it's it's a really tough tough world down there, and it's real, right? And it's violent, and it's scary. Like it's scary. Like it's a it's a scary place to be. And you know, when that happened. Um, you know, luckily I wasn't severely injured. I mean, obviously I got a concussion, one of my many, um, but, you know, I, I walked away from it essentially very luckily. And it wasn't too long after that, that I was, that I was arrested. Um, but if that didn't happen, like if I never went to jail, gee, like I would've been long gone, um, because. the the overdose crisis down there and not just down there i mean everywhere across north america and probably europe too um is it's just it's terrible and when i got out when i got out of jail like there must have been over a thousand people a thousand people that i met and knew that were my acquaintances that had passed away in the two years uh that i was in jail and there's like a big memorial um down there with all the people's names signed and you know so it was a chilling reminder of. Of you know how lucky I was, like I was lucky that I was arrested. Like I feel lucky, um, and you know, obviously, you don't get those time that time back, um, and that's the time that I lost with with my kids and and my family, and, and time that I could have been been doing great things like I am now. But uh, unfortunately, that's where I was, um, and at the same time, gee, like you know, I I wouldn't. I really wouldn't change anything. I, I think maybe the the time with my kids is the only thing that that uh that I'm really missing because where I'm at today, um and just with my mindset and with the people I have in my life, um, I, I don't think it all would have been possible if I didn't go through all of that.
0: Well, and I think you're exactly right. You are exactly right. And um, you know, uh When we when we get to the bottom, whatever that bottom is, it's different for everybody. It's different for everybody. And when we get there and if it's Hastings Street for me, if it's waking up on the cardiac unit because your heart is stopping, whatever it is, um, I wouldn't be in love with myself today had I not saw the bottom. And I had never had that in my life in the previous, you know, 40 years I I pretty much hated myself, so I had to uh, perform for have everybody else tell me how cool I was because I couldn't do it for myself. And had I not went through the hell that I did, luckily we're here to talk about it, but had we not gone through that, we wouldn't be the empathetic people we are today.
1: That's right. And, I mean, kudos to to you, man. Like, you're still out there skating, I heard. I I didn't catch the very beginning, but which Tony are you talking about?
0: Oh, that's uh, my buddy, Tony Simmons, just a local guy who's incredible. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So how awesome is that whenever you get out with your friends? Um, and to me, that's the biggest thing is, is like getting on the ice. I've been able to get on the ice again and Rad. Um, that passion. Right. And I'm actually playing senior men's like I'm going to, and it's all ex junior and pro guys. And um, you know, it's, I didn't skate for eight years, man. I wasn't on the ice for eight years until about a month ago. And wow.
0: Well, we're coming up to the end of the first segment. But will you hang out for just about five minutes and we'll get back to it? All right. Thanks, Brady. You guys, you can't get this anywhere else, man. How freaking cool is it? And Brady's on a train running across Canada, and he's spending an hour with us here on the drop-in. So make sure to tune in to part two, because we're going to get into more of his story, how recovery is really changing his life, my life, and hopefully thousands across the globe. So thank you guys so much, and I'll see you back in part two with Brady Leobold.